It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Carlson, good defensive play behind his goal line. Backhands to an open spot. Cocliano might get there. Good pinch by Susie to keep it in, but a good play by Cocliano to block it. Susie gets it back. He shoots. He scores. Andrew Cogliano lost the puck inside his own circle to the left side of Hill. And just persistence by Carson Soucy gets the defenseman his second goal of the game and sixth of the year. And that one will not be called back. Seattle is up 2-1. to one. Oh, it's, Yeah, I mean, uh, we got away from uh, how we played at the beginning of the game. I thought that we tried to... Uh... Try to, uh, um, you know, play a little too fancy, too many turnovers, uh, didn't want to work hard enough off the forecheck. Uh, all the things that gave us success in the first period we got away from. And, uh, you know, then we got into some penalty trouble and then we we're killing penalties. All right. Good morning, everybody. We are waking up, well, not on the right side of the score when all was said and done as the Sharks fell to the Kraken last night by a final of 3-2. to two. That's a frustrating one, I have to admit. I looked at this game and said this is a winnable game for the Sharks, but I said that when these teams played last time, winnable game, Sharks don't walk away with a win. If we look at the standings right now, they still sit in fourth in the Pacific. They have 21 wins, 18 losses, two overtime losses, 44 points, one point back of Anaheim, one point back of L.A. in second, and six points back of Vegas in first place in the Pacific Division. If we take a look at the wild card standings they are currently sitting at second place three points back of minnesota for the first wild card but still holding on to that final spot but they do have a situation where calgary has six games in hand on them and winnipeg has five games in hand on them and i know that some people are going to look at this and say well you know that's that's what's going to happen and well you know I, i don't really care the sharks up to this point have done what they've been able to do and we'll have to see what happens next in terms of how these other teams respond and what the sharks can do on an upcoming very very difficult road trip but when i look back at last night maybe when i look at the season as a whole One of the recurring themes for the San Jose Sharks is missed opportunities. And whether that's with goals being scored, or whether that's with teams they should beat, or whether that's with taking advantage of of power plays, I feel like missed opportunities is the overall theme of the San Jose Sharks up to this point. Now, that's not to say that they haven't been better than expected, that they haven't been, um, you know, way out in front in terms of what a lot of people I talk to. Because when I when I talk to a lot of the, the media around the hockey world at the start of the season, people had the Sharks as one of the bottom three teams in the Pacific Division. And I think that there was a reason they thought that. And so credit to the Sharks for outperforming what projections were for the team. That said, I do think that at this point the Sharks, as much as they are defined by being better than what many people expected, I look at this team and I just consistently see 
missed opportunities. And that was the microcosm of last night's game, whether it was pucks going off the post, whether it was just not getting that good look on net, whether it was just not being positioned in the right place at the right time. That is a theme in and of itself for many games for the San Jose Sharks, and it looms when we look at the entirety of the Sharks' season overall. I look at the loss against the Rangers last week as a missed opportunity because the Sharks played very well. I look at the loss against Pittsburgh last week. I see that as a missed opportunity because, again, the Sharks played very, very well. I look at them obviously beating the Kings and getting that win and an incredible performance from Timo Meyer. That's the other side of things where every opportunity is taken advantage of, it feels like, and you you do find the back of the net and I know that's not going to happen every game I know that that's going to be something that is more rare as opposed to what we should expect that said I don't need it to be perfect like it was against the Kings I need it to be simply consistent and something that the Sharks can count on because right now they're entering perhaps their toughest four game stretch of the year at Washington at Florida at Carolina, and then they finish it up at Tampa. Meanwhile, on Saturday night coming up, they play Tampa. So this is a very, very difficult stretch for the Sharks, and if they don't take advantage of their opportunities, if they don't find the back of the net, they are going to be in a whole lot of trouble. They are playing the elite teams in the East or some of the elite teams in the East, and they are going to need to perform at a very, very high level to keep themselves competitive in those games because these are very good teams that will punish you if you don't do that. Now, the Sharks, obviously, if they don't capitalize on all their opportunities against the Kraken, it's not going to hurt them too bad. Same can be said about Pittsburgh. You can walk away in games like that and not be perfect but still be competitive. These upcoming games, not the case. So, you know, I, I just, I've too many times seen this team this year miss those opportunities. And it comes back to the fact that they've had to rely on a lot of young and inexperienced talent while missing a lot of players due to COVID and not having that consistency on your forwards. I, I mean, the, the D-men have actually stepped up and done a really good job, but when you missed Balsers for as long as you did, when you have LeBanc out for as long as he's been out, even if he didn't have the best start, he still was very good at being at the right place. He created opportunities. He may not have been finding the back of the net as often as he needed to, but he was still positioned well and performing well within Bob Bugner's system. So the forwards have not been helped as much as you would have liked by the guys who have been called up. And that's not, listen, I'm not trying to dog on them because the Sharks, when they are relying on younger talent, this is what's going to happen. But, you know, you see so many times Noah Gregor do nine-tenths of what he needs to do right. He's got the breakaway. He's right there going at the goalie, and then he shoots at center mass. You know, you got to find those openings. you got to find those little areas where you can put the puck that the goalie can't get to. You know, Jonathan Dolan, so many times since his hot start, he's been out there where he's looking for a right place at the right time situation and just can't put the puck by the goalie. And these things do come back to haunt you. Yes, it's great that you have Timo Meyer and Tomas Schertl performing at such a high level. The Sharks are the only two teams in the league that have two 20-plus goal scores. But after that, you do feel a bit of a drop-off. I mean, you had that play last night in the first period. I think it was the first period where Eric Carlson uh, had the pass back door and didn't knock it in. I think he got the post, and it's like that was one of three or four posts the Sharks got last night. They're not good enough to miss that closely. The, the thing with the Sharks right now is they are the type of team where if you are that close, where if you are on the doorstep, if you are on the verge of scoring, if you don't score – it's going to come back to haunt you. It's going to be overall a bad, bad turnout if you don't take advantage of every single opportunity you get. And even if the Sharks don't take advantage of every single opportunity, they need to be better 
than they were last night because you take a one nothing lead and then it feels like you play a good first period and then the second period you come out flat and Seattle completely takes over the game, goes up 2-1 in that second. Then eventually they're up 3-1, and then at that point it's too little too late for the San Jose Sharks, and they're not creating good enough opportunities as they get later and later into the game. And so the missed opportunities that what we're looking at from the team at the halfway point in the midst of individual games, in the midst of the entire grand scheme of what we see with the Sharks, it's, it's what we consistently look at. It's what we consistently see, and You know, I I think this also goes in line with the failures we're seeing on the power play. I mean, the Sharks were one of six on the power play last night, and they had many opportunities to swing that game's momentum back in their favor. And yes, they did get one goal on the power play last night, Timo Myers, but it's simply, it's not good enough. And I don't think this is some wildly hot take, but if they want to win these games, if they are going to be better, they need to have the team performing at a much higher level on the power play. And the thing is, is it feels oftentimes like they are creating some opportunities. However, the finishing isn't there. And I don't know. I mean, this is a talking point you hear in hockey and you hear it in soccer as well with guys needing to work on their finishing. And it's like, I, I don't know. That's either there or it's not. Like Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, you can count on those guys to finish. When you go beyond that, you're asking less experienced players. And I know, I'm not trying to you know talk uh, badly of Benino or Cogliano, but you know, there is a, a lot of a learning curve that's happening right now for Adolin, for Araska, for whoever you want to insert in while we're talking about this, of what they need to be doing to find the back of the net. And then it doesn't help that Balsers comes back from his injury, goes on the COVID list. You know, this is part of becoming a pro in the NHL and being a consistent, reliable guy. I mean, look at the troubles that Jonas Donskoy has had with the Kraken this year in terms of finding the net versus what he's been able to do previously in his career. It's not like the Sharks are alone in these issues however it's just that there's so many guys that are young in their career on the san jose sharks and aren't established goal scoring veterans that you do see the cracks in the facade because i think the sharks you know they're, they're really good right now putting that defensive first mentality and limiting the opportunities and both aiden hill and james reimer have been very very good up to this point of the season but they've not been giving their goalies anywhere near enough support in the offense that they have been provided and the sharks especially when you look at the way it went the last couple of years with their goalie situation, you want better. I mean, you you feel like this should be a team that wins more games by the amount of goals that they are giving up. I mean, they're middle of the pack in terms of goals allowed overall, and then if you look at goals allowed per games played, they're in more of the top half. But, you know, that's it's, it's hard to look at these statistics right now because so many teams have played so fewer games than the San Jose Sharks. But my point is that they should be better. I mean, they should overall be a better team in terms of what their goalies have done. I mean, if you look at some of the losses as of of late, you lose 2-1 to Pittsburgh. You know, that's a game that you should win. Even the 3-0 loss to the Rangers, that was only two goals allowed by Aiden Hill and then an empty netter. These are games that the Sharks have to win. And then last night, I feel that if you've only given up two periods going or two goals going into the third period, you've probably got to win that one as well. And I don't know that there is a specific answer with the Sharks right now because I don't expect things to get appreciably better. I expect things to stay kind of around where they are right now. And then, you know, while we're looking at the team big picture, they obviously are a middling 500 team. I mean, this is what they've been all year long. And I don't say that as a, a slanderous take or anything, but 
you know, they're 21, 18, and 2, which means they're 21 and 20, which means they're slightly over 500, which is about where I had them this year. And then you would hope that if things trend in the right direction, they are going to be able to perform at a little bit better level than what we had expected. And I think that they are playing a little bit better than what many expected. And then if you get the bounces, catch some breaks, maybe you're going to find yourself in a playoff position. Because if we look at the improvement from last year, the defense is better. We've obviously got better situations going on at goalie. And you look and you like to think that it'll be better going into next year. But right now, the offensive answers aren't there. And, you know, that just takes me back to the power play, which if you have that many missed opportunities, takes me back to the microcosm of the year, which brings me back full circle to why the Sharks are a barely over 500 team. I mean, at certain points, you do have to do a reality check, and I think that is the reality check of the Sharks right now, is that they are not that good and they are not that bad. And while I do think there is the potential for the team to trend in a relatively positive fashion and keep themselves in this playoff race, I think that this is probably going to be more likely than not what we get all year long because it's what we've seen all year long. Past performance indicates with relative consistency future performance if the sharks turn into world beaters in the second half of the season i am going to be very very surprised that being said i do think that they can get better i just also don't expect that and i think that's a fair position to take with the san jose sharks and i think that it's going to take some really good play and it's going to take some really good coaching for the sharks to be in a playoff position but as i have said time and time this year i don't necessarily look at this year as a playoff or bust mentality I don't look at it in the oh it's a failure if they're not one of those teams that are in the Stanley Cup playoffs and yes I know people are going to throw around the stat of well Ted the Sharks have never gone three years in a row in franchise history without making the playoffs and yeah okay the Sharks are at a different period of their timeline right now if we look at what the San Jose Sharks are if we look at what they've been if we look at what they're trying to be this might be the right time for them to have a little bit of a down period while remaining competitive and restocking the system and bringing themselves to a point where they can be set up for future success. I look at young guys like Ryan Merkley and how much he's improved in a very, very short time. And I think of the potential of a William Eklund and think about what he can be going forward. And I think about, you know, the potential for anything to happen with the San Jose Sharks in the future. And it's hard not to get excited about that, even though, yes, you do always want to win in the here and now. And I think Bob Bugner would agree with that statement. I think Doug Wilson would agree with that statement. I think Joe Will would agree with that statement. I think everybody agrees with that statement. However, I also look at this and ask myself if the Sharks are going to win a Stanley Cup this year. 99% chance that they won't. I suppose there's a small chance that they will because if you get in, anything can happen. I never want to overlook that, but I also feel like you have to be realistic and you have to look at what you've, you've built with the team and what they will probably be next year and the year after that and the year after that. And The future is bright, of course, but the Sharks just aren't there yet. They are still in that building phase or the reset Whatever you want to call what the Sharks are going through right now, they are still in the midst of going through it. They have not come out clean on the other side as a clear contender for a Stanley Cup. I think they do have some very good core talent to build around. You look at what Timo Meyer is capable of. You look at the level of play that Eric Carlson and Brent Burns are still capable of doing. Logan Couture, you go on and on and on. You talk about these existing talents. We all know who they are. We all know what they've done. We all know what they're capable of. But I am also interested to see what happens next with the Sharks. I want to see what sort of team they turn into. I want to see what they can do with the second half of this season. I want to see exactly what they can get out of these young players to try and take stock of what exactly they have and figure out the ceilings and the floors for all of these young players. I mean, that's 
what I get so excited about with this year is that you've been given this opportunity to look at your young talent while remaining competitive. And I think the fact that you've had guys like Raska, who was very impactful in last night's game, while, you know, Ryan Merkley has continued to perform, while you've had, you know, a Jacob Megna who's come in and really stepped up, you've been given opportunity for the San Jose Sharks to really take stock of what they have going forward. And I think that that means that, you can get a little bit ahead of schedule. You can try and look at your talent and try and give them more opportunities to you know, rapidly move their development up. And I think that's kind of what the Sharks have been doing. And I, I think that that's the tough part about this is that you know the Sharks, while they still have these very, very strong core players, they don't want to just go all in on developing all their younger talent. They've been more of you know using them as a stopgap situation because of injuries, because of COVID, because of whatever it's going to be. But that's not a bad thing either because they get to play with pros who build up the consistency, who show them exactly what they need to be doing. And I think that we've seen that sort of maturation happen very rapidly with guys like a Ryan Merkley or a Jacob Magna or an Adam Raska, whoever it's going to be, we've watched them develop and turn into something. You know, before these guys were just thoughts we didn't know what they were going to be it was a figment of your imagination nearly because you said to yourself okay well here's a guy we can look at for the future and it was just the future was this you know kind of abstract idea but now you get a better look at some of those guys that are going to be the future and I do think that there is great potential with a lot of these guys it's just that their game isn't there yet and so you're dealing with the 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 learning curve right now you're dealing with those baby steps as they try and figure out their NHL game and that's that's the hardest thing I think that's part of what Jonathan Dolan's going through right now he shot out the gates the teams adjusted around him and now he's got to figure out how he can make that adjustment back it's how we see in every sport young guys when they get this opportunity their games start to adjust they start to be offered opportunity they have success the teams fight back against that success and now it's on these young guys to make that adjustment to figure out how they're going to make their game continue to work and the guys who make the continued adjustments over the course of their careers are the guys who have the continued success and I don't think I'm breaking any news here right now but it is what we watch happen with a lot of players and I think it's what we watch happen with some of these young guys on the San Jose Sharks who have success and then there's pushback it's the you know it's the dry spell that some of these guys are going through and I look at Jonathan Dolan in specifically specifically with his you know inability to find the back of the net and a guy like Noah Gregor not finding the back of the net in the way that you think that both of them should with the way they create opportunities you love the opportunities they're creating. You don't love the fact that it's not being 100% finished. And I know that they are going to miss opportunities, but you'd feel better about it overall if they were able to just simply find the back of the net more often than not, or at least on some of them. I mean, it's amazing, and I can only imagine what the frustration would be right now while they watch themselves create these opportunities to consistently not find the back of the net. I mean, that would drive me absolutely insane, and I'm sure that for those guys who are far more competitive than I'll ever be, I'm sure it drives them insane. I'm sure they're just trying to look in the mirror and figure out what they can do to find the back of the net, and I think that they might be overthinking it, and they might be trying to do too much in too little time, and you know, I don't know what the answer is in that capacity. I just know that the results need to be there when they are not. And if the Sharks can find more consistency and more scoring from their younger players, they are going to be a better team. And it's something we talked about with Bob Bugner last night that we'll get into on the other side, and that is how to create more scoring from your different lines and how to get more guys to you know, create opportunities. It's just, it's a big frustration, and I'm sure Bob Bugner feels it because I know I feel it when watching the Sharks in any given game. 
All right, we are going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into that post-game sound. You're on morning time. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. with a puck on his stick and nobody near him off a weird bounce as Hill tried to regain and resort his position. Yarncroke put it up top and now it's 3-1 Seattle. Tough game to us, you know, can, can lie about that because we got a good start, you know, with, with the lead and and after, after the first, they stopped playing, you know, been all over us. They managed the game better and we, we couldn't find a way and it's, it's tough loss because Everybody knows what is coming, you know, last five games before the break. It's, you know, it's the, probably one of the toughest road trip probably now in NHL. And and it's, it's tough because we play some good hockey against good teams at home and we just didn't show up today. That is Tomas Hurdle bringing us in on a Friday morning, talking about some of those frustrations he felt at last night during the game and simultaneously looking ahead at some of the tough games that they have. And, yeah, you do look at the fact that they showed up big in a lot of those home games, but they still didn't walk away with the wins. I'm looking at those games against the Rangers and Pittsburgh. Most specifically, they followed that up with that nice win against the Kings, and then they lose against the Kraken. And I have to say I do like the rivalry that's building with the Kraken up to this point. And, you know, they're the upstarts, and they've been able to get two of their very few wins against the Sharks this year. So let's hope that the Sharks get some revenge for that when they meet again this year because they are going to meet quite obviously. And I want to see more of that high-level performance. I want to see the Sharks get revenge. I'd like to see a rivalry build with them because we why not, right? You're not trying to make friends here. You're trying to get wins. You're trying to create entertainment. And I think it is entertaining when you have these two teams going against each other and already showing a little bit of fire out there when they meet. Now, one of the things that causes a little bit of a fire or heartburn indigestion for me is the Sharks' power play. This is what Bob Bugner had to say last night. Well, I mean, we had opportunities to uh, to tie it up. I think that, uh, you know, we got uh, two power plays to finish the game or three power plays, scored on one, and... Uh, you know, give him credit. Their goalie made some saves. Um, you know, I thought early in the game we had a couple looks, a couple breakaways I thought could be different. But, uh, you know, we knew they were a hardworking team. When we came in here, we knew they were going to work hard, and uh, they did. And, uh, you know, I, I just didn't think we uh, had enough going uh, for 60 minutes. We had good spurts, but not enough, uh, you know, a full 60 minutes. And Tomas Hurdle weighed in on the power play as well. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, like you always want to score more goals, but I think last couple of our play, we got these looks, you know, we uh, make some good shots, you know, I think in in the second, you know, we got two tips from me, I got post, Coach got post, you know, we can get easily in, you know, and, and but I think it's power play looking a little better now, but we still have to work it because especially in the second half, we really needed special teams to, to chip in. Yeah, I think Bob Bugner is doing a good job of being the good cop in a lot of these situations and letting the team themselves be the bad cop because we've heard Tomas Hurdle specifically express these frustrations, whether it's been 
giving up the two shorthanded goals against Detroit or last night talking about the relative inability for them to score and talking about how they need special teams to chip in in the second half of the year. And I think that's probably good because I think Bob Bugner knows that the coaches don't need to be coming down too hard on the players, that the players, especially the leadership core, the San Jose Sharks, they know exactly what they have to be. They know exactly what they need to do. And he's trying to let them be the ones that fix it internally while the coaches provide the schematics of what they can do because the Sharks are creating opportunities. I mean, that can't be denied. The problem is they're not finishing. And, you know, that's got to lead to some overall frustrations for everyone in the dressing room right now. And I don't understand why the Sharks are having such trouble finding the back of the net or coming so close. Again, it's something I've talked about that either the pendulum swings and the Sharks do get the correction for how many times they've hit the post or had these very close misses, or that's just the reality of what they are right now. They need to be a better team, but they aren't. And so how they deal with that and how they work to create more opportunities going forward is going to be a big challenge. Obviously, you're getting that top-line production, but how can the Sharks get production elsewhere? Bob Bugner. Well, it would be nice, I mean, to, uh, you know, get some offense going on other lines and take a little pressure off those guys. And, you know, it's we've been talking about this for a long time. You know, that's that one-goal game, margin for error, and... Uh, you know, and it's we generate enough ch- generate enough chances tonight. We we need to capitalize. Uh, um, you know, we had a backdoor tap, things like that. Those are those are the kind of things that need to go in for us to be successful. And he's right. I mean, Bob Bugner, to his credit, has put the team in a position to win. He has put them in a position to outperform their early season projections or preseason projections. But he cannot finish on these chances for them. He cannot score the puck. Bob Bugner is giving them the framework, the identity, the blueprint, however you want to look at it, to have success, and the Sharks are only doing certain aspects of it. The defense is good. The goaltending is good. The passing's been better. It's the finishing. It's the scoring. If they don't score those goals when the opportunities are there, they're not going to win. We've seen this margin of error situation play out time and time and time again. There is no immediate answer. There is no solution that I have. It's simply a matter of the players being better. It's simply the players needing to step up and play a better game than what we've seen up to this point. Now, again, I'm not trying to point the finger at Logan Couture or at Timo Meyer or Tomas Hurdle because those guys have been doing it all year long. No denying it. But you do need the Noah Gregors to step up. You do need Jonathan Dolan to step up. I thought Adam Raska stepped up last night, maybe played his best game, was certainly very active out there on the ice, drew some penalties, got into it with some guys. I liked that style of play from him. I also liked how good Barabanov was when he was back out there on the ice for the Sharks because he'd had COVID, waiting to get back out there. Comes out with a head full of steam, and I thought he played very, very well. But this has got to extend to everyone. It's got to be an entire team effort. Everyone has to work on finishing. Even Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle. listen, I know those guys have had incredible years up to this point but you still need them to be that much better because well the rest of the team isn't I mean that's just a reality is that when you have a situation where you don't have the same depth that puts even more pressure on your top line guys and yeah Bob Bugner said so he would like to see those other lines score to take some of the pressure off but that's just not where the team is right now that's not where the team has been performing either and so if they want to get better it's on the top line guys to either perform even better than they have or it's on the younger guys to step up and improve their game. I think it's pretty good. You know, nobody, you know, probably believe us when we are right now. And I think we lost a lot of, you know, easy points or like extra points we should get and be a little bit higher. But I think we are in a good spot. But 
but we have we we can take it any night off because it's you know it's all close. We got some game games ahead and and we have to just fight. You know, next five games be really hard, but we we need the points and and we showed up already this year. You know, we beat Carolina, we beat big, some big teams, play good hockey and and we need points for the break because uh, after the break it'll be all just you know the again it's like Pacific and the four four games and we, we need to get in good spot before the break but it will be really hard that's hurdle talking about this team and where they are at the halfway point right now and i think that he's looking at it very similarly to how you know, we, we've been talking about it and the fact that they've been better than other teams expected them, but also that they have a very thin margin of error and there have been some missed opportunities. And, I mean, if you've watched the Sharks this year, you see it. You see that some nights they're capable of beating anybody in the league and other nights they are just going to be not quite good enough in terms of offense and fall a goal short. Yeah, there have been some blowout losses, but that happens to every team in the NHL. I'm talking about the consistent viewpoint of the Sharks. It's a 2-1 loss to Pittsburgh. It's a one nothing loss to New York. Right. I mean, those are the ones that you look at where you say to yourself, these are missed opportunities. These are games that they should have won a three two loss to the Kraken. One of the bright spots out of last night's game was the play of Adam Raska. Really liked what he had to bring. This is what he had to offer about the opportunity that he's being given with the Sharks right now. I mean, it's something amazing. Um, I'm grateful for every second in ice, on the ice. And I'm just trying to prove myself again, again and again. And again, if you look at the opportunities that these young players have been getting and also the efforts they've been getting from the younger guys, I've been really, really happy with it, especially the guys that did not start out the year with the team. So when you see these guys step up to the moment, when you see them raising their game, you feel good about the future. But again, the future, it's a bit of an abstract. It's not the here and now. And right now, the Sharks, again, are defined by their missed opportunities. And it's something we have consistently seen and hopefully something that we will see them correct because there is potential with this Sharks team. They are, you know, three quarters of the way of being a good to very good team in the NHL. The offense isn't there. That's the main problem with the Sharks. The defense has been good. The goaltending has been good. The special teams in terms of the penalty kill has been good. The power play and the overall offense, that's where things have been lacking. So I guess that's three-fifths if we're looking at it that way. But, you know, I'll let you make the fractions. We're out of time, though. I'll be back with you Sunday morning after the Sharks take on Tampa Bay in one final home game before going out on a tough, tough road trip. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.